everybody. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness will Well, praise God. Welcome again. This is Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and we want to share some things with you today that are going to help you live practical life. It's wonderful to have theological, theoretical understanding of God, but I believe God is concerned about where we live right now and the things that you and I are facing every day. And so we want to find out what the Word has to say about those things. And we have been talking this year about the tremendous potential potential that God has placed in every person who is a believer. Every one of us that's been born again, uh, those of us that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, I believe God has invested tremendous potential in us. And potential means things that can happen, things that we could do in the life of an athlete or, or any other kind of gifted person. That means there is a potential, there is a possibility for them to raise rise to a certain level. I believe God has invested tremendous potential potential in you and I to be able to live a kind of a life that will draw Jesus or draw people, I should say, to Jesus, and that will be not just afloat in the world without hope, and the Bible calls it in, in Ephesians 2, without uh, strangers from the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. Brother and sister, you are not without hope and you are not without God. If you've been born again, and by the way, if you have not been born again, that's not difficult either. You, the Bible says if you believe in your your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord you shall be saved. Those are two very important ideas and they're not necessarily easily lived out but they are definite decisions. Make a decision that Jesus died for you, that there is no other way that you can come into relationship with God and that you're going to allow Jesus to be Lord of your life. Both of those things have to be in place but it's not hard, it's not difficult. There must be somebody around you that can share with you more about that. But uh, if you make that decision, that's going to open a door in your life. For those of us who have, I have tremendous potential in my life and invested in me by God to live a different kind of life. And part of that involves what we've been dealing with for some weeks now, and that is the fact that God uh, calls us to be supernatural people living right in the natural world. And this all goes back to Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. He said to the Father, uh, they are not of the world, just like I'm not of the world. And we've talked about what that of the world means. It really means that's not where I'm from. That's not where I'm rooted. Uh, Jesus lived here. He worked here. He loved the people here. But he came from the Father, and he was going back to the Father. When I traveled to another country, I worked there. I lived there. I spent time in those countries, and I love the people. I have a job to do. But I'm not of those countries. I'm of the United States, and that means my resources are here. My family's here. My wealth is here. 
all of the power that I'm drawing from other than supernatural spiritual power is here and so uh, in the United States. And so that's what we're really talking about, being a people that's living right here in the world, but with an understanding that we draw our life from another place, the place where God lives, the place of the Spirit. And God has called us. Jesus said, don't take them out of the world, but protect them from evil while they're in the world. We are, I believe, called to be supernatural people, people of another world, people that have access to other things, but living right here in the natural world so that we can draw people to Jesus. Now, one side of that is, I believe that this supernatural power is here to help us navigate our problems, meet our needs. Jesus said that he would provide for our needs. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to, uh, the things that you need. The Father knows you need those things. He's taking care of it. Hallelujah. That's kind of what it means to be not of this world. I've got somebody who's not here. He's not affected by depression in a recession, uh, economies, none of those things. He's not affected by any of that, but he's looking out for me. That makes me uh, connected and and not of this world, but drawing from another place. So in looking at this, we talked about a number of things relating to this idea. Uh, again, from John chapter 17, verses 14 through 16, we're not of the world, just as he was not of the world. Don't take them out of the world, Father, but protect us. So God's going to protect us. We talked about the fact that what supernatural really is, there's some definitions. I'm going to go over some of this quickly to kind of get us all on the same page, because what I'm going to talk about today, I don't think will take that long. Of course, you never know where I'm concerned. Sometimes things take longer than I thought. But it means of, pertaining to, or being above or beyond what is natural, unexplained by natural law. We have access to a life. We have access to something that natural law cannot understand. I've been in places. I've seen people. I've had healings in my own body. Uh, not major, major healings because I haven't had major, major illness, and I thank God for that. But I've seen people heal of cancer. I've seen people have blind eyes open. I've, I've prayed for people whose legs were healed. They had pain. They couldn't walk, and then they, they could walk. Uh, not not totally crippled, but the, but they're, they're at such pain that it made it difficult. I've seen that changed, and you know, many times as we prayed for people over the years, we get reports back from the doctor saying, I don't understand this. I don't understand how you, uh, how you could possibly not have that cancer in your body, or how this thing could have changed in your body, uh, but uh, uh, it has, and we don't understand why. That's supernatural. Sometimes it's things like that, but often this being a supernatural person, it, we look back on things in our lives, and we realize, you know what? It didn't look supernatural, or I like to say spectacular. There's a spectacular supernatural and a natural supernatural, and we look at things, and we see how God has maneuvered things in our life. We see how God has provided. We see how God has protected over the course of years, and then looking back, we realize we really are accessing something beyond what can be explained by normal circumstances. I'll tell you, I travel all over the world and there's no way, there's no way, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment, but there's no way that we could have done that with the resources we had, but somehow God did it. Every time we, we needed to go somewhere, God provided, God protected us in places that were often uh, uh, dangerous, and yet we've never been threatened, we've never been hurt. Uh, never hardly ever, very rarely have we ever even been sick. And some of the places we go, people get sick there because it's not like here when you go into uh, uh, second and third world countries. Uh, it means pertaining to, characteristic of, or attributed to God or a deity. We have the ability to live a life 
that is touched by God. And this, I think, involves as a supernatural person that we don't have to be, uh, we don't have to act like the world acts. We don't have to uh, tell the same kind of jokes, do the same kind of things. We can and and should be absolutely honest. We should walk in character and integrity. All of those things are ours, and that marks us as being supernatural, not of this world. We're not gonna we're not gonna live like everybody else. Listen, you are not only human. Come on now. You are only human with God inside you. That changes everything. It says uh, uh, to be supernatural means of a superlative degree. And Jesus uh, said it this way, I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. And that literally means superior in quality and greater in quantity. Jesus died. He's my Lord and Savior. And because of my connection with him, I can have a life that is above and beyond anything the world has to offer. Now, I am not saying that bad things don't ever happen. I'm not saying that you're somehow, you know, not of God or or you just don't have any faith or or you know, you must have sinned. Now, sometimes we do sin and that does open the door to bad things, but but you know, life happens to us. And uh, to me, the idea that I don't have enough faith isn't a, isn't a negative anyway. I can always I can always go to the word and get more faith. But life happens. Things happen happen to everybody. But you know, Jesus told a parable about a man who built his house on the sand and a man who built his house on the rock. And both cases the storm came to those two houses. The same storms hit the guy on the, uh, the built on the rock as did built on the sand. But the difference was the house on the sand fell, the house on the rock didn't. And that's part of what it means to be a supernatural person in a natural world. We can build something that's going to weather any storm. Hallelujah. We may experience difficulties. We may have difficult times. Bad things do happen to good people, but we can build something in our life that will give us access to this supernatural domain that will cause our house to stand when other houses are, are falling. Uh, he created a people. Uh, now, we pray. Uh, we talked about last few times the prayer that Jesus prayed, and I don't want to get a, ahead of myself here, but um, uh, Jesus prayed for us a number of things. Number one, that we would understand that to life, real life, is to know God. This is something that's so foundational and that we must get so grounded in that whatever I have in life, knowing God is more important. Being in, in his will is more important. Jesus said if we're going to be supernatural people, we got to understand that. Jesus said that uh, that uh, we are as one with the Father. He said, he said the world is going to hate you because I gave you the world, the word of God. Listen, everybody's not going to love Christians. And we see it in the world today. There's a real move against the church, a real move against biblical, foundational, fundamental Christianity. I don't mean fundamental in terms of a doctrinal or a stream, uh, doctrinal stance or a stream. I mean in terms of fundamentally believing in what the Bible says. And there's a lot of opposition to that. Uh, but Jesus said, uh, in, in, in that, I'm going to keep you. God is going to protect you. He gave us the Holy Spirit to do that. And that we would be one with him and one with one another another. This is not something I want to spend time on today, but it is so important to realize we're not alone in the world. Hallelujah. We're one with God, just as Jesus was, and we're one with uh, the body of Christ. He said that when he sent us out, he was going to sanctify us, and sanctification uh, means, uh, literally, the definition means to separate from things profane and dedicate to God or to consecrate 
consecrate. We need to understand that Jesus paid a price. He separated himself unto death so that we could be separated, not just from the profane things. I think we need to make some good decisions about what we will and what we won't do and how we act in the world. But it's not just what we're separated from. We can be separated from because of who we're separated to. Hallelujah. We are separated to God, and God has made us holy. And holy simply means, uh, when it talked about the, the Sabbath, Sabbath, it was holy because God rested on it. God rests on you and I. And we can go out into the world and have the same glorious power in our lives that Jesus had. Now, one of the things we talked about is that he's not here anymore. He did his part of this, but then he sent us with the same power, the same glory. The Bible, Jesus said to his disciples, the works that I do and greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. He gave us another comforter called the Holy Spirit. And so all of these things are at work in our lives to enable us to be something different than than just normal, everyday people. Now, that doesn't mean that the world knows your name. It's not fame the way the world sees fame. We're not talking about fame at all. We're talking about effective living. We're talking about effective living in our personal lives, being husbands and fathers and mothers and wives and, and students and workers. We're talking about having victory in our everyday life. The Bible tells me that, that God will supply my needs and give us enough, but it doesn't mean always being rich. What it means is we have a kind of life. There's a touch on us that doesn't come from this world. And when we take that touch out into the world, then something changes around us. There's a song that, a very good song, it says when talking about Jesus, when you walked into the room, everything changes. Well, I want you to know something. That same Jesus is in you and me. And if we are aware of that, if we understand who we are in Christ, then when we walk into the room, everything changes. Now, I want to talk to you Today, we're going to kind of begin a different direction just a little bit, and we're going to talk, uh, uh, read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. This is absolutely one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I believe it's pivotal to being uh, supernatural people living in the natural world. It says in Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, I'm going to spend a few days going over that whole scripture, but I want to. I have been stuck on the the first part of that. Without faith, you can't please Him. And he who comes to God, he who has faith in God, must believe that God is. Everybody say God is. Hallelujah. I believe those two little words carry so much power and so much meaning. I've meditated on them. I've thought about them. I've looked them up. And you know, it's it's one of those. Things things that if you've been saved any length of time, and I say that to you, you know, God is. Well, of course God is. And uh, we, 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 that's, that's why we're, we're Christians, because we know that God is. Certainly God exists. And, and I know, I've been that same way. I mean, when God first began to deal with me on this, it was like, well, well of course I know you exist. I mean, I, I talk to you all the time. I, I, I sense your presence in my life. I, 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 you're, you're in me. I mean, I, I, of course you exist. But he kept going, back to me with that thought, God is. God is. God really is. And of course, that carries with it the idea that he doesn't just exist, although that's where it starts. He really does exist, you know. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've served God. I don't care if you're a preacher, a teacher, an evangelist. I don't care if God's worked miracles through your life. I don't care if you've experienced miracles. There are days you're going to get up and think, is this really real? Is God really there? Or am I just deluding myself to thinking that there's something out there? Well, I want you to know something. God is. He really does exist. And not only does he exist, but the other side of this is to understand that if he is, and if I'm a child of God, he is involved in my life. I said this once a little while ago. I want to say it again. God is not just an interested spectator in your life. He is in, 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 in indelibly involved and completely involved in your life. He sees you. He knows you. He's ready to, to move in your behalf and to meet the needs that you have. And he's going to help you through anything you need to get through in order to get to where you need to go. God really is, and he really is involved with your life. Now, if that's true, you see, and this is why this really stuck with me, because if that's true, everything changes. I heard somebody say one time that God changed the rules when he raised Jesus from the dead. But, you know, I kind of feel like it goes back farther than that. If we understand that God really does exist, that the Bible is true, and a lot of this is incorporated with this, we have to believe that the word of God is true, that what God said about himself is true. If all of that is true, then everything in my life changes. Everything that I believe changes. How I see the world changes. There is nothing that's the same. If I believe that God is, this simple little phrase needs to begin to dominate my worldview. You know, right now, we are in the middle of a crisis. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. If you listen to this during that, uh, I know people listen to this many different times, so you may not listen to it the day I put it up, but if you're, if we're still in this crisis with Ukraine, God has been moving in Ukraine. Uh, I know many people that are preaching over there. I haven't had the privilege yet, but I hope to. And uh, God has really been moving in that place since the fall of the Iron Curtain. And we need to pray for those people. But this is a crisis situation, and it's something that could extend to every part of the world. There's all kinds of things that could happen. You know, when they were looking at the beginning of World War I, they didn't realize that the assassination of, a, of an obscure Austrian duke would lead to a world at war. Uh, in World War II, they didn't understand when Hitler came to power what was going to happen and that it was going to unleash a whole chain of events that would affect everyone in the world. And we don't know. I'm not believing that this is going to do that, but we don't know what this invasion could end up producing. But I know this, whatever it is, God is still in control. And God is. He is in my life. He does exist. I happen to believe that the Bible says the world is uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It talks about the world in that scripture, but it really means the globe. And I don't believe we own the world. I believe God gave man dominion over it for a period of time. I don't think we're going to dis destroy it, but I do believe that uh, that uh, unsettling things over history have happened. We can't look at history and think that nothing bad ever happens. Lots of bad things happen, but in the middle of them, God is. You see, when we look at the circumstances in our country right now, inflation seems to be going up. I lived through hyperinflation in the 70s, and it was not good. It was very, very difficult. I 
pray that that's not where it goes, but even if it does, God is. And if I'm looking at hyperinflation, I tell people all the time, my finances are not connected to an economy. They they don't inflate and they don't uh, they don't recess. They don't go into uh, depression. My finances are not connected to the American economy. They're connected to my covenant with Almighty God. And somehow, some way, if God is. He's going to do just what he said he'd do. He's going to provide for our need according to his riches and glory. The Father sees what we need of, and he's going to take care of it. How's he going to do that? I don't know how, but I know that if I'm a supernatural person who believes that God really is, that something is possible. I may not even see the possibility. I, I Many times, I couldn't possibly know how God was going to do what he did, but he did it anyway. Hallelujah. And so God is. It needs to change our whole world view. It needs to change how we navigate navigate through life. If I if I believe that God really is, that he's really there, that he's who he said he was, then every every challenge I face becomes different. Not necessarily easier, but different because I know that God is. Uh, every need in my life becomes meetable because I know that God is. Even my life in itself, I know that because God is, I have a life beyond this life. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, I'm going to kill you. I, and I, I do what Paul said. I, I believe this is what happened to Paul. I believe the devil came to Paul and said, I'm going to kill you. And he said, you know, I'm stuck in a straight between two, it says in the old King James, whether to go home and be with the Lord or whether to uh, to stay here and help you. And basically what he says is, you know what? I really got to stay here and help you. But I really like to go home and be with the Lord. When the devil tell, told Paul, I'm going to kill you, I think what Paul said was, that sounds like a good idea, devil, but I'm just too busy today. Hallelujah. If I were to die, I know that I have a life beyond this life. You see, it changes my whole perspective. So I don't look at everything. Uh, the Bible says in, in Hebrews 2.14 that the fear of death through the fear of death, the devil has controlled mankind. When you take that away, if I know God is, then I'm not afraid of dying. Are you kidding me? Dying is a promotion. I don't die. I just change locations, hallelujah, to a better life than what I have here. I'm here now in order to help others into relationship with God. And so it changes everything. If I believe, really believe that God is. I want to tell you just a a few minutes, talk a few minutes about our life and, and how this has affected me, because like you, many of you probably said what I said when God first brought this to my mind. Well, of course I know that you are. I mean, I, I've lived with you for uh, a long time, and in my life, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. I uh, I got saved when I was 14 years old. I got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues when I was 17 years old. I uh, I worked at, at a factory for five years, and uh, you know God said you're going to be there five years, and I hated all five years of it, but I was there five years, and I went into full-time ministry. I started uh, part-time ministry at 16 years old. I went into full-time ministry at 24 years old, and I have been in that ministry now. I'm 68, so uh, since 24, 44 years I've been in full-time ministry, and since I was 14 years old, in particular 17, that's really when my life turned around, so when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, completely, more fully, let's put it that way. But uh, for all that time, I've known God. I've served God. I've never done anything in my life. I'm not saying I've never done anything wrong or had bad times, but I've everything in my life has been about serving God. I've never done anything else. I never had another secular job but working at Remington Arms for five years. And so for all those years, God has been involved. I've known that God is, but that when, when I began to understand that this this thought, this little phrase that God is in my life, 
And I look back and I realize that very early on in our ministry, Philippians 4.19 became very important because we didn't, we went out, we quit our jobs. My wife, God told her, stay home and raise your children. God told me, take the first available uh, door of ministry that happens. And this all came to pass in 78. She quit, quit her job in 19, January of 1978. I quit my job in April of 1978. And in my mind, it made sense. You know, I know many people that keep working and, 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 and pastor and do ministries. I'm I'm not saying they're wrong, but it just, we didn't know you could do that. And it made perfect sense because back then we were totally dependent on the fact that God is. We were young. We were excited. We didn't grow up in churches. We got born again and God, God had revealed himself to us. And so we figured anything was possible because God is. We didn't say it that way, but we understood it that way. And so we took this step of faith and we found out very quickly, the guy that promised to pay me, he said, I'll pay you what you're making now. Uh, the problem was he didn't have the money. <laughs> we found out pretty quick that we had to learn to believe God. We had to trust God for everything that we had. And so for all of these years, uh, we've had to trust and believe that God will provide for our needs. And my God shall provide for all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus really became a mantra to us because we didn't have a home office. We weren't part of a denomination. When I told my father I was going into the ministry, he basically, now I was the youngest of seven and I was the apple of their eye, but he threw me out of the house for a few hours because he said, no son of mine is going to live on other people's charity. Well, we weren't going to. We were living on God's provision. Hallelujah. Even my father in law who was an American Baptist pastor, but he had a he had a denominational structure around him and he didn't understand what we were doing. But to us it made absolute sense. And for all of those years, for for 44 years now, God has done one thing after another to provide for us, to meet our needs, to open doors of ministry. For you know, we come from a very, very small town in upstate New York, very far from the Bible belt. Uh, there are no particularly back when we first started, there were no major ministries around us, very few uh, Bible-believing churches around us, but but we were turned on. I mean, we were excited about God. We believe that God is, and because He is, then He was leading us, and as He led us, He did stuff that provided for us that met our needs. And over the course of all these years, we've gone to, I've been to about 40 countries. I've preached in most of them. I've traveled all over the world. I've, I've We've started three separate churches. And, and God, particularly the last one, brought really great success. Now, I don't have thousands of people. I don't even have hundreds of people, but we had a good, solid church that we built that, that was walking right and, and believing God and affecting the community by faith and uh, influencing other people. We had influence where we were helping other ministries. We had a youth camp that uh, at that time was really reaching out to other churches. And so we did some wonderful things, and God provided for us, even though we didn't have all the money in the world. We never had all the money in the world, but we always had everything we needed. My family had everything that they needed. We we, we always had a, a good house, a decent car. We always had enough food. God provided what we needed for the church and the ministry. God did wonderful things. And as we looked back some years ago, as I looked back over the years and I realized how much God had really done, how much he'd proved, how much the fact that God is 
had made a complete difference in my life. If I were depending on my natural abilities, nothing would have happened. I'd still be in the first place, probably probably would have quit the ministry long ago and gone back to the factory to get a job. But God did so many things in our lives. God provided in so many ways. And looking back, you realize that nothing that we did was really possible without the touch of God. And there was so much in it that was supernatural. I, I realized uh, some years ago that... that over the course of, at that time it was 16 years when I was looking at this, that every time we had a need, now we didn't have doctors and lawyers, we didn't have hundreds and hundreds of people. We got up to about 190 at one point, average probably 150 to 120 to 150, but, but you know, God provided, and whenever something happened, we built buildings, we extended buildings, we bought property, we bought a building. Listen, whenever we needed something, something happened that somebody got an inheritance, somebody got a better job, somebody got something, or or something came from somewhere completely outside of our church. And I thought at the time, you know, as you're looking at it day to day, it could seem like just we had a lot of good luck or just a lot of right place at right time. But it was at that time, 16 years. Now it's been 30 years. And Again and again and again, we saw these things happen, and it began to dawn on me, this isn't coincidence, this isn't good luck, this is the hand of God providing. God did supernatural things, and I thought about it, it's because God is, because he is, all these things happen. But here is what happens to most of us as we go on. Now, or in the early days, we had nobody behind us. We had no home office. We had really no relationships with anybody outside of a the few people that we knew in our area and the people that we worked with. We didn't have connection to other churches. But as time went on, you know, particularly with the last church, we built a good church. They were a giving church. Uh, they still are a giving church. They're very generous. They they paid for almost all of our international travel. People would ask me, how can you do that with a church that size? Because God provides. And God provided through people. And God provided for them so that they could provide for us. It just was an amazing journey. And I began to, after a while, you began to think, okay, well, we've got this church. So, you know, we got a salary coming in. There wasn't always, that wasn't always the case. There were times where we didn't, but God provided. But now, you know, we got a salary coming in and and had the church supporting us in travel and you have a foundation around you and, and uh, consistency and all those things. And you began to see other people, other churches that helped us. And, and we began to develop relationships with other churches and other ministries. We built a good network together. And there were others who have helped us, particularly in recent years, to travel more more. And uh, so there's there's a tendency to begin to look at all those things, and you still believe that God is, but somehow you begin to lean on, and that's the question here. How much do I lean on the fact that God is, and how much do I lean on what I have access to in the natural? And so subtly, over the years, some we had some money come in, and, and I noticed, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling the need to believe God like I used to. And then that money kind of went away, and, and we began to realize you can't trust, in uh, the Bible says, in uncertain riches. And so, uh, but you look back, and you look at your life after you've been here for a while, and you think, uh, you know God is, but that edge is gone. There are other things. There are the ways, the ways that he has done things 
uh, are, are great. And even having natural resources and some insurance and things of that nature, all that's fine. It's good. Savings account, all that's fine and it's good. But you know, none of that is assured. None of that is absolute. But if we can come to this understanding, those two little words, and I want to I wanna kind of finish up just by throwing this out to you. Get up uh, this morning, when you got up this morning or when you get up tomorrow morning or whatever time you're listening to this, I never know because it's not, it's not on everybody anywhere. It's just wherever you find it. And so, uh, but whenever you get up next or even right now, think about that. God is. He really is. He not only, he does exist. First of all, he really does exist. He's not a myth. He's, there is no Christian mythology. He is who he says he is. He has always been. He always will be. I know that's hard to accept. I know to natural mind, that's kind of, you kind of want to rebel against that. But that doesn't change the fact that God is. And if you are a believer, if you're a Christian today, God is, 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 God needs you. Let me put it to you that way. God needs you to rise up and be what he's called you to be, to be more than a conqueror. We talked about that on this podcast, to be a supernatural people in the natural world because the world is without hope and without God, but you are not. The world doesn't have Jesus anymore, but it has you. But you have to understand, and we have to get back that edge of if everything else fails, if, if I don't have a salary from the church, if there aren't people who are supporting my ministry, if I don't have uh, people giving for me to travel, God is. And if God is, anything and everything is possible. That has sustained me through many, many things. And back in the old days, it was more natural. But today, I think we need to stir it up again. God is. He really is, and he wants to do something in your life today. I believe there are many people out there that you're facing impossibilities. Maybe this makes its way. You never know where this stuff can get to uh, on the Internet. Maybe it makes its way to somebody that's living under difficult circumstances, maybe even in the Ukraine. God still is. Even in the midst of all this, God still is, and he's still concerned about you. And if you trust and believe in him, he's going to get you through. He's going to cause you to overcome. And even if you died, hallelujah, you go to heaven uh, and you go through those gates saying, thank God for his provision. Thank God that he's with me. Thank God that God is right now in this world. I don't want to back off the fact that I believe because he is, he can do something in your life. He can change a circumstance in your life. What are you facing right now? God is. And if he is, if he is, then the rules change. If he is, then the limits change. If he is, then the possibilities change. Nothing is impossible if God is. And let me say it one more time. God is. And he is with you today, right now. Well, praise God. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you again soon. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. Have a great day.